That was. That was very good. You love Hello. That All right. Hello and welcome to another episode of Banter with Jabisa and Tracy or Banter with Tracy and Jabisa. It is a Friday, February the 18th. Hope you had a lovely Valentine's Day on Monday. Oh, I hope so too. I do. Did you have a lovely Valentine's Day, Tracy? Yeah, I did. I had a lovely Valentine's Day. I had a lovely Valentine's Day. Every year we go to IHOP. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and let I me know. tell you why. Nothing we go says romance like IHOP. <laughs> <laughs> because one year we were in, um, and we when I say years, I mean like 15, almost 20 years we've been going to IHOP. Uh-huh. And so it was Valentine's Day and early in our marriage, and we were going out to dinner. And every place that we were passing by, there was just lines of people, right? parking lots full of cars. And my husband loves IHOP. And uh-huh. we were passing by IHOP and there was nobody. Like there's three <laughs> cars. We walked right on in, sat down. <laughs> and we've been going ever since. So <laughs> That's funny. That's a, that's a cute story. I love it. So yeah, so it was very lovely at IHOP. Um, and, 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 and we go every single valentine's day last year we did take out yeah <laughs> oh that's right and pandemic heavy yeah we did we had to do takeout but we still mm-hmm. we still were there for um yeah we were there for valentine's day so yes i hope everybody has well welcome 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 we're excited we got a lot of things on board for you guys um so we're gonna start i was telling tracy i remember when um the theme song for black people, like the unofficial theme song. Yeah. You know, that a meeting that I missed, but I found out that the unofficial theme song for black people was um, Ain't No Stopping Us Now by McFadden and Whitehead. And I remember uh-huh. that. And you were, it, was, it was like this little beady song, and you know, it's all positive. Yeah. I can't sing for you guys. There you go, Trace. There we go. <laughs> we're on the move. Moving. Grooving. Okay. <laughs> And it was just like this positive, like we can do it kind of it thing. Was. That and was then, our anthem. Yeah. That was our anthem. It was. It was our anthem. And then it seems like somewhere along the way, our anthem went from ain't no stopping us now to we gonna be all right. <laughs> we gonna be all right. <laughs> it's like the sudden shift from the sudden shift. And it seems to me that it's reversed. Like it should have been like we gonna be all right first, and then ain't it seems like we're going backwards we're going backwards tracy we're going backwards and i didn't realize there are two there are two songs there are two we're gonna be all right songs so there's the um kendrick lamar one which i like i like kendrick lamar uh-huh. um, I okay. he just cussed a little too much he cussed too much for me it ain't a little too much i can listen uh-huh. to ken lamar kendrick lamar only for so long right and then i have to like pull back because i there's so many other link words you can use, but mm-hmm. um, but I didn't know that um, Ty Trebet has a um, we gonna be all right song as well. So there's 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 yeah, you didn't know either. I didn't know either. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so there's two. But yeah, that was just so funny when I thought about that. We went from um, ain't ain't no stopping us now to we gonna be all right. Oh, Although I I can. will say I would love to see Kendrick Lamar in concert just because the two performances that i've seen when he opened up the grammys um several years ago uh-huh it was absolutely great um i would love to see his performance because of those things that he's done right um 
I, I just think, you know, like, the little bit that I've seen that he's done, it's just been incredible. So, um, but kudos to him. But yeah, those are those are our theme songs. Now we're gonna be all right, which is okay. Yeah, it's fine, but it's just I know it's just it's kind of sobering. That's yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> this is I don't know how that happened. We missed that one. <laughs> now, Tracy, you've been watching a very good is it a documentary? Docu series. They call them they call them docu series on the Smithsonian channel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you, Jabez. You give me way too much credit. I've watched one episode. <laughs> <laughs> And it's a four part. They were coming on every Monday of um, Black History Month. And so I just saw the one on the 14th. It was a second episode. Um, but the first one was, um, I missed. So I don't know, but I'm going to go back and look at it. But it was very good. So the the um, Thousand Years of Slavery, which sounds like just a lot, does is not necessarily... Black people, it's not the slavery as we know it, but just slavery throughout the centuries. You know, there's always been, you know, slavery in some form all over the world. Um, but from Africa and the Caribbean to New Orleans and Istanbul, this series examines the wounds caused by slavery over a millennium and the lasting impact it's had on individuals as a society. Um, Courtney B. Vance is the narrator and he and his wife, Angela Bassett are, are the executive producers. They had, I saw, um, oh shoot, um, Debbie Allen. I mean, they had, you know, clips of, of folks just saying something. It's like a regular documentary. They go back to, um, you know, where um, the, what do you call it? The slave, start slavery started in, is it Ghana? Oh shoot, oh. I watched it. Now, it was not gone. I'm probably saying it wrong, but you know, on the islands in, in Africa, where they mm-hmm. were going to the shores of Africa, and the colonists, the uh, British colonists, were mm-hmm. going to um, get, you know, people to enslave them. Right. And um, oh, it was very good. They had two British actors that kind of told their stories. They could trace their ancestry back to, you know, certain individuals that were enslaved overseas, like his family was overseas. And there were twin brothers. Um, One of them was enslaved, like he grew up enslaved. And the other one went to, I think, Dutch or Holland or someplace. And he was educated Mm -hmm. and he became a professor there. And it, it was just like how your circumstances can affect your reality like how you your life right because it was just by happenstance i don't remember how the other tw- twin got away but the one was lived grew up in slavery and the other one was an educated person and he did come back to look for his family years later but i don't think he was successful in finding them because you know there's no um you know can't say well my family was a slave here were enslaved here can you give me a forward in address? You know, that wasn't a thing. So. Well, let me just jump in on that. So I'm glad you you talked about looking for their family. Okay, once again, from mm-hmm. my children's biography book that I read, um, yep. William Steele talked, we, so with the kids, I was sharing this really great book. Um, if you say Underground Railroad, the only person I can name was Harriet Tubman. And, and she was That's- not the sole person that was involved right. in that. Right. But William Steele was one of those. He was he was also his home was a station mm-hmm. and part of the Underground Railroad. But what he did do, Tracy, what he did 
is that when the slaves would would stop at his station, right, he would document and he would put down their name, do yeah. a physical physical description of them. Uh huh. He would ask them where they're where they're running from, from where they're right. going to. So uh -huh. when, when um freedom came, or even other other points in times, they had that information to help reunite families. And I mm -hmm. think that's something that's not said enough. I didn't know this until mm -hmm. I was grown that this real strong desire that Black folks had to find their family, you, like you know, mm -hmm. your family was sold. Yes, but you were still, you were still, you just just didn't say, oh well, you know, I'll never see my mama again. No. But no. that that real strong desire to find your family members, and so he was recording because one of the other things he did was he was recording mm -hmm. slave narratives before anybody else was recording slave narratives like he uh -huh. was writing down their experiences their stories really right. so so that's interesting like you said that he came and he was looking for his family and then the and so for William Steele his his father very unusual and I told the kids this because I didn't want them to be confused but his father uh -huh. made an arrangement with the with the slave with the master and said look I can't do this so uh -huh. we gotta make up some kind of arrangement so he worked got worked overtime as they call it extra got paid purchased his freedom uh -huh. kind of left his family with mm -hmm. the desire with the intent to come back to get to them. come back so, and get them right, right right so he had a wife and four children so the wife wasn't in a position to to make money so she could purchase her freedom so she and her two girls she had four kids two girls and two boys the boys were older so she took mm -hmm. the two girls and she left and caught up with her husband Mm -hmm. but they never was were able to go back and get the boys so in the so in, she escaped then she escaped she escaped uh-huh so she escaped so she meets her husband she has her two daughters and then they have a total of 14 kids so all of these kids were were um birthed in as free children so, yeah so william Steele was one of them mm -hmm. he goes and ends up you know kind of self-educating goes to school it wasn't a priority for his dad it was like look we got right. kids and some land yes um, <laughs> he works yeah. for um he works for the pennsylvania anti-slavery society mm -hmm. um and becomes a station as part of the underground railroad there there's a slave looking for his, their family members mm -hmm. turned out to be his brother his brother really yes his brother that, that one of the brothers that was left behind yes wow yeah. and so when he so when, he, when william's trying to tell his brother like oh my god you're my brother and, and so the brother's like okay this is some kind of way to, to trap me back and put send me back to slavery yeah. so they had to pull out the mama and the uh -huh. mom and the son look alike and she's like so they were reunited so of the two <laughs> one of the brothers was able to reunite with the family but Good. I, so he escaped as well then. he escaped as well but that's that idea of documenting that tracy and that's like okay. a story I never heard of. I had never heard that story. So he was documenting those. So when people passed through, mm -hmm. he kept and he kept those records, hid those records. Um, and for many, I imagine that was a way for many of them to be re reunited. Reunited, yes. So how yeah. I wonder how he would get them to them, like if they didn't come, you know, the other family members didn't come that way, you know, once. What was the way of getting information yeah. out? Right. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know. I think depending on where where they went, 
Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the great migration. If you lived in this state, you went this way. Yeah. If you were, yeah. if you were running, you would go this way. You know, you yeah. just can't. You like, I just can't decide I want to go to California because you know what? That's a long damn route. Yes, so that's going yes because yes. of it. So I think we can get to Chicago. We can get to Michigan. We can get right, away. Yeah. Right. So I think that would have been part of it. But the other thing that happened too after um, when slavery ended and and black newspapers came into play, people mm-hmm. were putting ads. They were putting ads in. Yes. Now, I did hear that, that they were putting ads in to try to find their families. And that does not surprise because the Black community now, we were talking about, you know, it is a strong, you know, community. We are very family oriented, even if mm-hmm. you're not family. Yeah. Like you were saying, people call say, auntie this, auntie that. You, we do have a, a caretaking, like you belong. Like if, you don't have, if you don't have any family to speak of, then you've got family. You can come right over here. And we and we got you. You got yeah, family. Yeah, we, we take ownership of you. Talking about no, I know mm-hmm. you think the same. <laughs> well, I'm but not ready to beat him because he was bad. <laughs> That's right. And they don't have to be the same. Yes. They don't have to be the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're very fam- familiar. Fam- Familial. I think. Thank you. Thank you. I was trying to get it out. Um, but yeah, so so that desire, and that made me really proud to know that. Yeah. It just made me proud. I think there's so many things that's not said about our history. It we is so a- many things that you just can't, I mean, that doesn't come to my mind to even think about that, you know, all the experiences of our history of our ancestors that that they've gone the experiences they had, what they've gone through. I remember you are we talked, didn't we talk about this when we oh. were I remember, well, this is, I'm not going to speak for you, but I remember when we were young, like little kids outside playing like games, we were playing kickball or whatever and hopscotch and just talking to the kids out. And I remember all of us would say, we got Indian in our family. <laughs> back then it was, you know, even, and then when you think about it, um, I don't know which experience was worse, the native, um, the indigenous people that were here or the enslaved because the indigenous people were here. They had a home and that stuff was taken from them. But, but they, we want, slavery was so bad that we say we rather be descended from the people who had all their stuff stripped of them. They would put on little parcels of land. We would rather be descended from them. But I think as time goes on, we and you know, the more we, we, I think we've always been proud of our history. We just not haven't been as vocal about it. You know, cause now we're, we're, to me, I just think I see black pride, like black girls, women coming out with our natural hair yeah. and cool with our hips and our lips. And before we were made to feel ashamed, like because because certain people said that our features were unattractive and we bought into that. Wait, I remember. Now, mm-hmm. now I'm going to disagree with a couple of things. First of all, I agree with the, the Indian in our family. Mm-hmm. Every black family has said there's been Indian. Yeah. And I've always said, but you never hear Native Americans say they have black in their family. They don't. No, you never hear wanted to be enslaved. Yes. Right. You, but you never hear, you know, it's it's like not that I know anybody Native American. So let me mm-hmm. put that on the table first. True. That fact. Okay. But, but you know, the little bit that I do know, it's I don't see them sitting around at the dinner table talking about, you know, we got we got enslaved people in our family, but we we are grasping on to that Native American. I think it was, it was, in fact, it was Tom Joyner, Tracy, it was Tom uh-huh. Joyner who had, I want to say Henry Louis, Henry Louis Gates on his show. Right. And he dispelled that myth. He says there's very few Black people who have yes. in their family. There's That's right. Few native, there are very few Black families. Everybody says it at a family reunion. Everybody says it. 
Well, it wasn't, but we were children. It was kids. I don't remember like adults saying it so much. I remember adults saying that. My mama said that. My mom has said that for years that uh-huh. her her grand her grandfather's wife was Native American. My mom has said that for years. Now she went ahead and did the DNA DNA test test uh-huh. based on that. She had no Native American, <laughs> none, none whatsoever. Yeah. And so she was telling my aunt. And so the, the one that they kept saying was Native American was my aunt's mother. Mm-hmm. And But my aunt was like, no, they said she was Native American. My aunt believes that she was. But but the, I think the other thing is because Black folks vary so much in look. Yeah. There is a look. There's a, 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 a look in Africa or African look that may look similar to Native Americans. And we've just kind yes. of taken that on. Or it could be, like you said, we were so traumatized. It's like, look, well, I'm yes. something else besides Black. Yes. So, yes. I, you know, I don't we know. We kind of deny that we were, that we came from enslaved people. And it was, I think it was a, like an embarrassing thing. Because I do remember saying, I think my great, great, great grandmother was, um, was, was, was Native I And I think we trust to even give her like Cherokee. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> I said Cherokee. I, I, I don't even know if Cherokee is South Carolina. I don't even know what Native American people, um, you know, the indigenous people that actually lived in South Carolina, because you know it's Choctaw different tribes. So I don't even know. I Cherokee, I guess that's the only name that we knew or whatever, but I was, it was thinking, Cherokee. It was it was Cherokee, yeah. So everybody I everybody had Cherokee. It was Cherokee. I was like, okay. But, but this um, is- this is what I'm going to differ with you, though, Tracy. I think that Black women, at least I feel like when I was a teenager and even in my 20s, that there mm-hmm. was a sense of pride about who we were because we could never look like what was deemed beautiful. Right. Because our lips were not going to be thin. Our hips were not going to be small. No. Our, you know, our, we just were not going to be that look of beauty. And because mm-hmm. we were not going to be that look of beauty, then we had to have this kind of self-acceptance of what was beautiful for us. Mm-hmm. So I, I think, I think it's, it's, it's more, I think it's seen more now. I still mm-hmm. think that it was, I think it was there in the eighties. You know, I, I remember in middle school, mm-hmm. I was in middle school in Germany and most of my friends were white. Yeah. Um. Well, yeah. Most of my friends are white, and yeah. I and I've always had big thighs. I've always uh-huh. had big thighs. My mom has mm-hmm. had big thighs. My cousins have big thighs. And I used to think my mom's thighs were like pillows. I was like, oh, uh-huh. the best thing was to just lay on her thigh when I was little. Uh-huh. But I remember standing next to her. her name was Yvonne. Mm-hmm. I was standing next to Yvonne one day, and Yvonne had these little thin thighs, and I had these mm-hmm. big thighs, and I just had to come to, um, come to to some some sense of my beauty is still beautiful. Right. I had to, just had to come because I, I just could not make my thighs. I don't care what I did. My thighs were not going to be that thin. So right. when I got to high school, I'll never forget. I had gone to the gym and um, I was doing some leg leg lift, something with my thighs. Uh-huh. And this just guy walked by. He says, oh, those are some beautiful thighs. And Tracy, that's all I needed. Yes. One time. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I mean, I was pretty comfortable anyway, but once he said that, I was like, I'm yes, good. Said, oh, yes. So I just got 
I just got confirmation of what I already knew. What I already knew. So I think that Black women have had this confidence because we had to. Mm-hmm. We, we really had to have it. Our beauty was never going to be beautiful. Right. beautiful. So right. I, think of, I think about my aunt. aunt my uh-huh. Aunt Marie uh-huh. was, was Black and beautiful all my life. Uh-huh. All my life. Aunt Marie was a beautiful, beautiful, dark, as we say, dark-skinned woman. Very bright colors. Uh-huh. Red, yellow, purple. She wasn't trying to hide behind nothing. Right. You're going to see me mm-hmm. in all my red, in yeah. my afro, with my jewelry on, because I'm clean. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what, Jamisa? I don't, maybe I'm speaking for me then, because I don't remember. I remember I, too, grew up in a predominantly white school. And so there were no, like all the black guys, of course, had white girlfriends. So there was no, I never felt, um, like in my family, I knew, you know, cause I got, you know, my grandmother, my mom, all of them loved on us and they told us how wonderful we were. But I don't know that I wasn't strong enough to take that out and, 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 and really show that off in my school setting. In a school setting, I never did you know, because uh, I was curvy, a little girl, you know, young person, but I was, you know, everybody else's sticks and stuff. And I'm developed faster and I was curvy and I just, but I was not never like flaunting it. I was, because, I, you know, even when you met me, you remember I, I wore big clothes. I keep my face covered up with my, you used with to always face? tell me, come up, please take your hair out your face. <laughs> so I don't think I ever, I will just, me, I'm speaking for me. I just was never that comfortable with it to say, yeah, like, yeah, I'm bad. This, that, and the other. I was like, well, I'm just going to just cut this right here. I'm just going to be right here. I'm just going to be quiet out the way. And see, I don't think I, 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 I wasn't in my high school. Debbie wasn't. Debbie was very, and, and Debbie had the, for a black woman, she had the flattest butt I'd ever seen. <laughs> but you couldn't well, tell. We come in all shapes and sizes. We do, know. and her, she had thin, loose, and a flat butt. But you couldn't tell her. But she was still kind of curvy. But you couldn't tell that she wanted to catch me out. Yeah. Rachel, my cousin Rachel. Uh-huh. Hey Rachel, she gonna love we say her name out loud. <laughs> she has always had a confidence about herself, and and um, mm-hmm. we had to get we had to wear it was pink for um our grandmother's birthday. And I remember she said, I'm going to look like a damn cotton candy. (laughs) She came in there Uh late and her pink outfit and just as cute as pie. Uh pie. You could not tell her she wouldn't have cast me out. You couldn't tell her that. So, so yeah, I think that, I think that confidence has always been there. And at least in, in my, in your experience, I I had to grow into, I had to grow into it. It wasn't until I was much older. Yeah. yeah. I, and I was, it wasn't that I was ever ashamed of it. I just did not, you know, put it out there like, oh, look at me. I, I am fine or whatever. You know, I've just, I've never think been that comfortable in the white world. Like in among my own people, yes, I'm the bomb. But when I was living with all around, surrounded by white people, I never did try to, you know, I guess get across to them that look, I, I look good too even though I'm not looking like any of y'all. Now, now, Tracy, I will agree with you on that. I think it wasn't until I became older, mm-hmm. I always felt like I was attractive to Black men. Mm-hmm. I always felt like me a Black too. man found me attractive. Yes. I always felt that way. I never 
felt like white men thought I was attractive, although, but I am. Yeah. You know, and so they now, yeah, but now I know that, but I remember it, uh -huh. it, and I remember saying this out loud and then I thought, why would they not? I mean, I'm cute. Yeah. You know, anyway, mm -hmm. but I've always felt very comfortable in, in my attractiveness to white, to, to excuse me, to black men. And, and yes. you know, black men are, they, they will compliment you. They sweet. sure will. Hey, sis. Yeah. Right, right. So, um, you look good. Yeah, thank you. Know, you. Know, so I know you hear me, girl. I know. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I can't remember. I was talking to the grocery store or something like that. And so I smiled when he said it. And I don't know if he saw me smile. He said, I know. He said, I know you hear me. And I turned, I smiled at him and went. <laughs> But I yeah. think, you know, of course, with age comes, you know, a little bit more, more confidence. And more confident, and things right. Like that. right. Um, but yeah, so I say, if you, if you are a black woman and you are questioning your beauty, we are telling you, you are beautiful. You're, yes. I don't think, you know what, Jamisa, I have, I am hard pressed to find um, women now, black women of any age that's going to need that advice from us. They know that. <laughs> I hope so, but you know what, Tracy? Sometimes mm -hmm. you need somebody to say it out loud. Wait, yeah. And wait a minute, Mary, what Mary J. Bly said. Good morning, gorgeous. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently she she just got to that point in her fifties. <laughs> good morning, gorgeous. That's good right, gorgeous. She. I was listening to that today. I was like, oh, where you going, Mary? Mm -hmm. You remember when Mary got married? Married, and everybody said, oh man, ain't yeah. gonna be no good music. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Because you know, so when, you, when you're happy, you can't think of the, the good songs like that. They don't come. Mm. Oh, God, that My Life album. Wow. That's the best album. I'm, you know, I, I don't think I've listened to any of her other albums in their entirety, but that right. My Life. It was it's good. I hadn't, I hadn't listened to it. Oh, girl, I still got that. If me and my husband got divorced, that's the one CD I'm pulling. That's, that's, that's mine. That's going to be a mantra. <laughs> that's my CD. Okay, we don't got all off topic. That we was sure did. So we talked about that. We talked about uh, a thousand years of slave. Um, Tracy, you told me about the 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 young the young boy the boys being detained in New Jersey. Oh, yes. Okay. Yes, there were two um, teenage boys were in a mall in New Jersey. I think the white teenager was picking on the black teenager's friend, his name is Zakai. I really like that. Zakai, they were picking on his friend and Zakai just got sick of it. And so they, you know, how, you know how young people, black, white or whatever, you know how they do when you, you're in a confrontation. And so they, it turned into a fight and law enforcement was called. I don't know who did it, but you know, the cameras, cell, cell phones are rolling all the time now. Yeah. And um, it was caught on camera that when the Police officers came to break up the fight. They took the white young man, teenager, and set him down on a chair. And they hit, and now the white guy was on top of the black guy on the ground fighting, tussling. They pulled the white guy off and set him down. The white guy was, the black guy was already down and they handcuffed him. They put, then, you know, held him down, but keeping the knee in his back mm -hmm. and handcuffed him. And then the white, the female, white officer sat the um other guy down and then she too proceeded to help her partner you With know finish guy. handcuffing him now he the boy is 14 years old i don't know how big you know he looked like he weighed all of 105 pounds soaking wet he's not a big fella he was not in no way 
even if he was angry and and bucking up or whatever he was small he i can't imagine anybody would think he was a threat but anyway they um treated him they treated him like that they you know handcuffed him they didn't do anything so the um black teen said that he felt they interviewed him and his mom his mom's name is Edna. They, they she said she didn't want to use her last name on the news for you know i guess for what because people crazy nowadays but she said that she was angry because it didn't take all that she said this boy is not big he's a he's a not a big kid and nothing that was going on with the fight between teenagers warranted that kind of treatment and then when the young man spoke zakai said that he felt like the police were saying that the white guy was better than he was that he was superior to him because they had him on the floor treating him like you know treating him like that with the handcuffs mm -hmm. and everything and so of course the family has retained ben crump services we talked about him before we should sure <laughs> he did as they should to be so yeah. and the thing that makes me so angry is that um they you know when they police officers you know you george floyd was i would we were thinking i well i was thinking i hate to speak for all of us or everybody but i was thinking that that would at least make law enforcement pause when coming into situations where they're dealing with black and brown people but it hasn't nope. it hasn't i don't i guess white people see it as an isolated thing that you know george floyd or maybe they thought that he was guilty they disagree with the fact that the police officer was you know tried and convicted of right. murdering him they just don't see it like that because it hasn't changed anything because so many people since you know george floyd was murdered have also been killed yep at by law enforcement's hands due to no you know no fault of i'll their say own. no fault of their own yep. or because you know i'm not saying that you know every people every kind of people black white latinx asian there are everybody you know can do wrong but it seems like if black people or that may not even be doing wrong then we could easily lose our lives over something that we weren't even doing like the young man that got murdered with a no-knock warrant yeah. just a couple yeah. weeks ago yeah he wasn't even they weren't even looking for him nope. he was in there he had a gun you know he thought he was being you know attacked he didn't know what was going on so he pulled out a gun to protect himself he didn't wouldn't point because, at anybody and they shot him people mm -hmm. don't, don't say this but if you're sleeping because i think yes not as we're talking about it, he was on the couch so he heard he the key uh -huh. to the door mm -hmm. he heard the key to the door so yeah that makes a lot of sense that he would have um reacted like that um because he thought that something was going to happen to him exactly right so when you so when you're opening the door and you're sleeping and you and he probably slept yeah. light then yeah, yeah that makes a that makes a lot of sense that makes a lot of sense exactly exactly yeah. there was like there was no other way that the police could see to manage that situation than sh shooting nine times i yeah. mean really yeah. i don't know i don't know but anyways the kai you know was he said he was being calm and you know he knew not to be scared because his mother had had the talk with him and she said yeah she said yeah of course we had to talk you know of course i had to talk but anyway the they were the boys were on the 
well, not uh, the other boy that caught up with him. He was on the news today and turns out that he's not white. I'm white in quotes. Mm-hmm. He's Hispanic. And when you look back at the video, he said, if you look back at the video, I'm when the police came, he said he was putting his wrists up too to be handcuffed. And, you know, in the office of the female officer said, I'm not cuffing you because you're calm. Because he was expecting to be, I guess, I don't know if that was a brown side of him the hispanic side it's oh yeah i'm gonna get cuffed too that was putting his hands up um but he said that they you know they said that he was calm and so they let him sit down there and watch and he was still taunting the boy he right. was still calm the cop when he was on the ground because they were they're teenagers and that's what teenagers do but it's interesting that you say it tracy that they pulled him off of the young man that was already on the ground right so he right. was on the ground so you so He's on the ground. You know, you got you got someone standing up and who's calmed down. Right. But the, probably the guy on the ground had probably calmed down too once you got somebody off of him. Off of him. He but was. You know, he was not, not doing anything. He was. Right. The, so he didn't he get up and, and screaming. And then they, they had to knock him back down again. He was still on the ground and they mm-hmm. got right on top of him right after that. Oh, yeah. Yes. That's it. They're going to pay for that one. They're going to pay for that. They're, They're going to pay, pay for that. that. Yes. Because as, um, as Attorney Crump said... Zakai was no more of a threat to those officers than the white teen who fought with him. This is another example of the kind of racial bias that we need to root out of our system of policing. These officers need to be reprimanded and retrained to overcome the implicit bias that results in unequal and often dangerous treatment of black people. Wow. Fact. Yep, it is. And that is, yeah, they're going to get, you know, because oftentimes I think in our previous um episode we said that you know um attorney crump has been successful in getting settlements for family this is when it's like a what you call he he should feel guilty for charging for this one because um this is the easy one and thank goodness for people with cell phones i think anytime something happened now people pull out their cell phones i've seen um traffic stops of people passing by with their phone you know on just in case something go down Yeah. yeah recording and it's a good thing it is, but it's a shame that it has to be that because if there was no one recording it, then the police could say what they perceived to be happening. Exactly, exactly. Well, it's it's sad. And so that led you and I in a conversation about other areas in which um, people are treated differently. Mm-hmm. And when you when you start saying it out loud, it's every aspect of our, it our is. society. So you talk about the judicial system. That was a prime, prime example right there. And that's not yep. the first one. Mm-hmm. And, and you know what, Tracy? It will not be the last. It won't. That's it the, not, that it is the sad the part. We're going to hear another one next week or the week after the same thing over and over again. Right. So, it's you know, not I'm not saying that um, George Floyd died in vain, but good grief. But no major changes. Medical, no. you know, in the medical mm-hmm. community, yeah. Um, depending yeah. on which doctor you go to you may get some services you may you may hear about the experiment experimental treatments that they're offering mm-hmm. um you may get pain medication right you know one of the reasons that we were black people were not part of the um what was the the, the um the um, medication that the white folks were taking and, and dying from all the time oh the opioids the opioid, the opioid right. addiction because they weren't prescribing because we don't feel pain we we don't feel pain so we just right. had to suffer through it um mm-hmm. so you know there's a difference in that yeah difference in um in the education system particularly talk about the disciplining of children 
And mm-hmm. particularly when you talk about the disciplining of black girls, um, mm-hmm. you can have a white kid and a black kid do the same thing. And nine out of 10 times, I won't say nine out of 10 times, there may be times in which they do the same thing, but the black child will be punished. And right. I don't know what it is, how it looks different. I don't understand how it looks different. Like you can see two people doing the same thing. And for mm-hmm. some reason it looks different when the black child does it, even though they're doing the same thing. Right. Because of the, it's the, sc- the color of their skin. It's the got color. to be that. Yeah. It's the color of the skin. For some, for some reason, whatever black people are doing, it looks scary. It looks, it looks like it's bad. Something you shouldn't be doing. But when white kid, you know, he's being a little scamp, you know, <laughs> sassy. If it's yeah. girl, she's just sassy. She's just sassy, yeah. Yeah, it, so there, there is, but I think I think what happens is that when you look at two things, I mean, there's a lot of um, images that come to mind, um, negative connotations that are associated with with Black folks, no fault of our own, um, mm-hmm. that that I think people put on without even realizing it. You know, they do. That's the implicit bias. bias. That's that's the definition of implicit bias. Exactly. And and then here, what was it um, with the Winter Olympics, the little Russian skater? Of course, I don't know names. Um, She had a banned substance in her system. She she tested for it and they let her compete. Mm -hmm. And then was it the Summer Olympics? The um, track athlete? I can't remember her name either. Shikari? Yes. Richardson. Richardson. Yes. She could not compete. Yeah. Like she couldn't compete. Yeah. So what was it? A banned substance, banned substance. And I heard people making excuses. Well, the other one, the Russian skater, she's 15. So she's not in control of that. The rules didn't say if a banned substance is in your system and you were underage, it says a banned substance, period. You should not compete so they can make you know they're looking at her like oh this poor thing she just got caught up in something and then the other one and and what she had in her system was performance enhancing yeah now i don't know i know we might mellow you out but i don't know that it gives you superhuman strength right where she would run faster yeah so i mean it's just so many i don't know it, it happens well i was reading the olympic response to that when when um miss richardson had said something in, in the olympic committee responded which was very convoluted and it didn't make any sense because they, because were they say, can't justify it. That's right, why. They, were, they were trying to say because this happened when the Olympics had started, but in her case, it had happened before and then she decided to go on suspension. And mm-hmm. I'm thinking, y'all are just tap dancing around the answer, but basically, yeah, yeah y'all going to give that chick a pass because she's young and she's white and she's yep. a girl, but you're going to mm-hmm. deny this this young woman access to it. And, and you're absolutely right. right, Tracy. If it's a banned substance, it's a banned substance. Banned substance. In the midst of the Olympics or before the Olympics, before, that's why you right. do the testing because right. the testing is supposed to prevent you from competing if you if have you have advanced an edge. Right. right, it's going to give you an edge. So, right. um, we but with, as we mentioned, education and housing, mm-hmm. um, the stories of the of of black families getting the lower appraisal rate on their mm-hmm. home. Yes, and then you you know you ask your white friend loans high interest rates on loans once you do get one once you get higher interest rates you're exactly right on your mortgage, mm-hmm. um so it it's in every aspect of our daily lives in which and I think the part about it sometimes is that you sometimes you wonder like sometimes you know it but sometimes yeah. like am I still getting the right deal like did I did I yes. get the same deal that she got 
Yes. Like, can I see her interest rate? And, exactly. If you can't see the documentation, I always assume that I got got somehow. Yeah, that they got a <laughs> they got a better rate than mm -hmm. I, than I did, um, because you just don't know, and because our experience has always been, we're going to get the lesser, the more. Mm -hmm. um, you know, now I think about it, like maybe we didn't get the right appraisal on our home when we sold right. it. Like, yeah, we probably should have taken. Now we did take, we took all evidence of blackness Damn, out of my yeah. house when we got ready to sell it. Right. Um, but probably I should have done better with you know having um a, a white friend go yes. to the house, <laughs> be in the house, and just pretend to be the owner, or just be in there, and people would assume that that was. A, and it's a shame you have to do. It's a shame that you have to go through all that. Yeah. But the proof is in the pudding. You saw that we saw the news um, reports that said that, you know, it's black. Yeah. It was a mixed couple. The wife was black. And when she was in the home, they did the appraisal. It, she said, this don't sound right. So her husband right. was in there when he get in it, I think doubled in value. Exactly. But she, and they took all their stuff down. They had to remove, you know, so, and I, and I, I was talking to someone and they were, and I said, oh yeah, I, this is why we can't sell our house, Tracy. Do you know I have to take like every picture we have down? Now, yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> our house, when you walk into my black, 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 black. Um, so, so the unfair treatment is, is there, but I say this, that despite that, despite the unfair treatment, we mm -hmm. still get up every morning. Yes go to work, yep. do, do our best at our job. Yes. We raise yes. our children. We raise yes. our children to be, you know, law abiding citizens. Mm -hmm. um, and, and thankfully, you know, thankfully the judicial system in its own quirky way has been helpful in, in at least acknowledging, be it a form of payment, that there yes. was some wrongdoing. Um, what it has mm -hmm. not done, it is, has not changed anything. But you know, Tracy, no. when you think about major things, when you think about the Sandy Hook killing, mm -hmm. the, the, the gun laws did not change. No, they did not. They did not change. You, you no. would have thought that. And then after that, we've had several um, school shootings, but you, yes. you would have thought that would have been the, the catalyst to, to change those laws. No. Um, we had this, we're in the midst of a pandemic. Mm -hmm. You think that would have been a catalyst to get people on board with vaccinations? No. We had the, the, the death prior to George Floyd. We had a mm -hmm. number of people who were also killed at the hands of police unjustly. Right. But with George Floyd, it was like a lynching. People watched mm -hmm. the lynchings, what was happening. Right. Uh -huh. And that should have been the change. And there may have they, they there may have been some agencies and departments that have made some changes but clearly yes, the I'm sure there majority are. have not yes, yes i'm so. sure there are there i'm sure there are and i'm sure that there are some young brown and black people that are alive because of these changes because you don't hear it it's not going to make the news because nothing happened right so yes it's not all doom and gloom i'm sure that there are changes but they're slow and it's not enough of them because we're still seeing these kind of stories. Yeah, but yeah. the one thing you're right about, you know, the departments are, I don't know if they have a slush fund. I don't know where the money coming from for all these settlements. But I was like, I wonder when is what, when they're going to hit the dollar amount that says, okay, now y'all, we got to do something. This is just getting ridiculous. All these payouts. Right. But that's, if they don't understand doing right, everybody speaks fluent litigation. 
<laughs> and green, two languages, yes. <laughs> two languages, litigation and green that you're mm -hmm. absolutely right. So, and, and you, and that's a good thing. I mean, at what point do you, do you realize that, okay, this really is costing us too much money. Let's make these simple changes. changes exactly. Let's just make some changes and then mm -hmm. it'll have to be grand, just some simple changes, some training, mm -hmm. some different ways to approach things where you don't have to have these payouts and you don't have to have these lives upended and, and, you know, family members losing family members. So hopefully prayerfully things keep going. It will get just a little get bit better. better. Yes. Yeah, get little bit better. You know what to be sad sometimes, you know, cause I'm as doom and gloom and you're always, you are the one that says, Nope, I believe that it's going to be okay. So I am going to jump on your little bandwagon just on this one instance. <laughs> that things hopefully will slow, continue to get better, even though the movement, the progress is very slow. Well, the, Kendrick Lamar and Ty Trevitt said it's going to be all right. So <laughs> <laughs> And say, so, and we can't, we can't, how can we possibly doubt that? <laughs> the, the words of wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving okay, on. So um, we have the labor unions are making a comeback. I'm so excited about that. Mm -hmm. My parents have always been, my mom has been, now granted, let me just say this. My mom's never been part of a lab, labor union, but, <laughs> <laughs> but she's always supported it. So we kind of grew up mm -hmm. supporting the labor union or, you know, thinking positively of the labor union. We've never, I've never had no, you know, really negative thoughts about the labor union. But I remember when Ronald Reagan, um, the air traffic controllers were on strike because they were, they were just working them like dogs. Mm -hmm. and Ronald Reagan fired them all. And that to me was the beginning of the, the, the demise of the labor union until right. recently where now it's resurging. So mm -hmm. there was a, there was a, um, a store, a Starbucks store that had um, unionized recently. They, right, right. Um, and then they're going back because they were trying to unionize a um, facility in Alabama with Amazon. Mm -hmm. And apparently there was some trickery going on over there. So they're going, they're going to go back and, and I think reassess and, and possibly try to vote again. Mm -hmm. um, but some of the things that the union has done, and I think people need to know this, if you are not I won't say if you're anti-union, if you just don't have any thoughts or feelings. About familiar it. with it, right. 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 Just understand, mm -hmm. because of the unions, because mm -hmm. of the unions, we have, um, we ended, child labor ended. Right. Because of the unions, the work week went from like 80 hours to 40 hours a week. So people can like enjoy their family. Right. 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 You know, mm -hmm. you know, you're just not working to work um, because mm -hmm. of the union. Um, we have eight hour work days mm -hmm. because of the unions. We have unemployment benefits. Right. Um, because of the unions, we have um, employee based health care. Yep. Workers compensation law. And the unions were the ones that spearheaded the fight for the Family and Medical Leave Act. And I remember mm -hmm. when that first started, and that mm -hmm. was a big deal. Mm -hmm. Because once upon a time, unless you were working salary, and even if you were working salary, if you had a major medical um, issue in your family, you just start, your pay just started getting cut. Right, right. Or you leave and lose your job. Are you leave, exactly, you leave and lose your job. You know, you'd have to be out for, you know, more than a week. And they're like, you know what, too bad, so sad. Now you're unemployed. So, you know, they have, they are instrumental in the passaging of those, those changes. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm grateful. You know, I'm just yeah. really grateful. 
the there are labor unions now um, that the teacher strikes. Yes. The, the teachers were striking. Nurses uh -huh. have, have had to strike. Mm -hmm. John, I remember John Deere not that long ago. Their members were striking. The Lay's Potato people, do you remember them striking? Yeah. Uh -huh. They were working. I'm like, crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it is people were home and eating more and they needed more potato chips and they were just not letting people go home. <laughs> so, you know, they had to go on yeah. strike. So, and then I think what people need to understand is that unions can be beneficial for the employee and the employer because it sets up some structures. Right. Some rules. Some, some rules. rules. Yes. You know, mm -hmm. some rules because before, if you were salary, you just had to work if they said you had to work. Right. You know, right. you just yeah, had no, to work. That, mm -hmm. And that whole notion of, you know, uh, well, you know what you got yourself into or, you know, well, that's just tough if you're sitting up there, you know, mothers over there trying to nurse their baby and trying to work at the same time. Yes. Because they have all this yeah. that's expected of them. It just mm -hmm. doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. It doesn't. Make any sense, so. It doesn't. So a little bit of history on the labor unions said the first worker strike in America in 1768 when journeyman tailors protested a wage reduction ah yep and then 1794 the next big one was philadelphia shoemakers formed a union union called the federal society of journeymen cordwainers it established the mark the beginning of sustained trade union organization in the u.s wow and so it, it you know the little history thing goes and all that but of course here we go again they're gonna say trade this is all we do to be apparently now you know when unions were first um, organized and put together. Who was excluded? We were. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Here we go again. Black people, um, women, and immigrants. Yeah, believe it or not, like um, when um, you know, when people were coming in Ellis Island, it wasn't Italians and the Irish people. They were excluded from unions in the beginning. There's always been, you know, somebody that they just don't. No one wants to play fair. Like you got the union, you you can have this benefits of the union, but you people can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now you have whole groups of um, yes members who are all Irish. All, all <laughs> Irish. You have black unions with black people organized Chinese. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's one of. The, I think that really came out of. I, if the pandemic had not happened, Tracy, I don't think there would have been a resurgence of the union. Nope. But you know who's always been talking about that? Bernie Sanders. He has. He always has. Always. He always has. He really has. But I think I think that the pandemic was a time for a lot of people to kind of reassess, reset. Right. Yeah. Um, um, you know, where they want to be in their life, where they want to be in their mm -hmm. career. And, um, and, you know, if there's an opportunity to, to do the job you enjoy doing, with an understanding that, you know, there might've been a little abuse that's going on and we need right. to get some help. Mm -hmm. You know, I can't imagine working for, for Amazon, Tracy. I just can't. It, it seems to me, even, um, you know, they, Amazon, I, my sister did it for a couple of months, but even, you know, with all like they give you, they sell it with all the benefits that you have and the money that you can make, but goodness gracious, it is, it's uh, um, almost slavery. Yeah. Yeah, the, the one or two people that I know who worked at Amazon didn't mm. stay long. Mm. No, my time. sister, she definitely didn't. The yeah. money was good the little bit of time she was making it, but she said it was not worth all that. Yeah, yeah. So so yay unions, I wish them um, 
luck as they continue to yes. continued um, success and expansion and expansion definitely definitely yes. so we are out of well okay i'm not out of school on money but kids are the banks are closed because <laughs> yes because it's president's day yeah that's right you know what and because i don't get that day off i too forget <laughs> that um it's the holiday i was like the president's day is a federal holiday celebrated on the third monday in february um, it originally established in 1885 in recognition of President George Washington. The holiday became popularly known as President's Day after it moved, after it was moved as part of 1971's Uniform Monday Holiday Act. That was an attempt to create more three-day weekends for the nation's workers. Oh, that was so, so nice. that's what President, yeah, that, I know, but that's like that's that was real some creative thinking, what you call out-of-the-box thinking. <laughs> We need a day off. Let's make a holiday. It is. So President's Day is uniform across the country, but some folks still have like, some places still do Lincoln's birthday and Washington's birthday. But President's Day is in celebration of all presidents past and present. Oh, you know what, Tracy? I thought it was just for Lincoln and Washington. So now it's supposed supposed to be viewed as the president celebrating all the, you know, 46. 40, how, yeah. many, how many? I still like 46. We're number. We're on number 46 now. Okay, 46. Well, that's. Well, I learned something today because we mm-hmm. pull. We pull books just for, for 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 um Abraham Lincoln and George Washington. <laughs> well, I mean, they were the they were the ones that they intended for, but now it's like it's President's Day. We right. got more. They we got more. They were there were more presidents than those two, even though they were very important in our history. All of them you know, have their own, I guess, attributes, if you will, or right. reasons. Right, well, I just have to go back. We have to redo our precedence day s- display. Because <laughs> 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 I just I just got two. Just two. Um, that's so funny. I have to get to work and, and talk to my assistant. We're going to have to laugh about that. Too. I was like, girl, I thought it was Washington and Lincoln. But yay, yeah, President's yep. Yay, President's Day. Oh, who knew? All right, just real quick, there was a, um, it, it didn't make a lot of news, but there is a, uh, a I won't say a surge, that's not correct, but there's an uh, increase of um, Black immigrants coming into the United States. And so I was telling Tracy, let this be noted in 2022, I said it first. Yes. <laughs> if you are a Black person of, who is a descendant of a slave, Mm-hmm. of an enslaved person if you're a black person who is a descendant of an enslaved person you and i are unicorns they are unicorns yes we are unicorns because we can only produce so many of us but right. as the black immigrant population increases there will be more black people in the united states who immigrated to the united states as opposed to black people in the united states who are descendants of those who were enslaved mm-hmm. so right now it is for every, for 10 black people, it is one person is of a black immigrant. But I would imagine, Tracy, the next 15 to 20 years, that number will be five to 10. And then before you know it, it'll be seven. It'll be, be yep. three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. And, that, and then, that's, that's how it's going to happen. Yeah. And then one day there'll be a point where the last enslaved person, yeah. yeah. Yes. Descendants, um, like, descendant, yes. <laughs> They'll be like, you know, I can trace my ancestry back to an enslaved person. Can right. You? Yeah. And, <laughs> so, that, so that's interesting. So we're unicorn. It is. That is. Uh-huh. 
I just be saying, if you hadn't said that, I that I promise you that's something I would have never thought of. I, I called it. I called it. I said it. We're unicorns. People don't appreciate a unicorn. unicorn. I do. You do? <laughs> yes, I appreciate unicorns. Yes. Well, no, they're very popular now. Unicorns are very popular now. Um, so we're going to kind of lead out with a little sad news, but I think it needs to be said out loud. I think mm-hmm. that people need to um, hear where we are with the COVID deaths. Um, it's not making the news like it used to. No, because the numbers people, are going down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and people seem to think that many people, I don't know, some people are acting as if the pandemic's over and COVID's over and, and we're not dying. Mm-hmm. But as of December February, I'm sorry, it's a February 2nd, not December, February 2nd, there was 926,497 COVID deaths in the United States. Now, I predict, Tracy, before the end of the year that we will reach a million. Yeah, oh, yes. Yeah, that will have died of COVID Mm -hmm. before we reach the end of the year. Right. Um, In the United States, 64% of Americans have had two shots, have had both vaccinations. Only 27% have had the booster. Mm-hmm. That is um, extremely low. It is very low. I didn't realize how low it was. I, I didn't either, Javisa. I thought more people were getting boosted. I thought more people, but it's just a very small percentage. So 64% of Americans, and this is two years into the pandemic. We yeah. would have done better with the vaccination, the vaccine coming out and 64% people have got vaccinated at that moment, but it's taken two years to reach 64%. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I said, on only 27% have actually had boosters. Um, of, the, of the deaths as of, Feb, as of February 2nd, 62% of the COVID deaths are of white Americans. 16% of the COVID deaths are Hispanic, Latino, Latino, Latinx Americans, and 14% are um, Blacks. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, but it, it, people are still dying from COVID. If you haven't got your vaccination, um, please get your vaccination. Um, I think if we had said, if it had been said to the American public three years ago, you know what, folks? We're going to have about a million people die. Mm-hmm. A million people could die. Mm-hmm. But we can prevent that if everybody gets a vaccine. I wonder if people would have said, you know what, we'll get this vaccine. I don't, you know, maybe if, if that, that had been posed first instead of letting a million people die, uh-huh. If, you know, if we had said, if the government had said and put out, you know what, we're, we're thinking that we're going to be in something called a pandemic and mm-hmm. we're just kind of anticipating about a million people may die. It could be your mother, your grandmother, your aunt, your cousin, your husband, your sister, your sister. But in, in order to prevent that, we cannot have that happen. Mm-hmm. Would people have reacted differently? Jabisa, it depends on like when it was because the climate, I think a lot of this, if 45 was not in play, I really think a lot of this would have pre- prevented because yeah. vaccinations, wearing masks, um, physically distancing, all of that has become so politicized. Yeah. Like pandemics should not be red or blue. No. It's a public health issue. Everybody is in the public. Everybody yeah. has, you know, health. Yeah. So it's become like, it's either like if you're wearing your mask and you get vaccinated, you must be a Democrat. And if you're not, you must be a Republican. And that's, it, 
that I, so if all of that divisiveness from our from the political side of things yeah. were not in play then yes i think had that been you know it's come a pandemic's coming we're working on a, getting a vaccine once it's ready y'all go ahead and get it so we can protect ourselves yeah if politics was not involved in that i think the deaths by this disease would have been far far less in this country anyway yeah yeah it's, it was but, it was poor it was it was poor from the beginning. It was, it was piss denial. Poorly, it was yes. piss poorly managed. Poor, yes. It was yes. piss poorly managed from the mm -hmm. onset. Mm -hmm. I remember watching the prime, was it Trudeau? I watched the prime minister from Canada. I watched his daily news reports because I felt that yes. he, he was, he was like, this is some serious stuff, yes. <laughs> because when that former mm -hmm. president was on there, I was yelling at the television. Yeah, I was like, yeah. I watched Tim Tracy. I think I watched him two times, and I could not watch any more after that because I would be so upset by the time he got off. I was yelling at the TV. Yeah, did were you watching the ones where he said it's gonna be gone by Easter? That's what that's what I remember seeing. Tracy, I watched two. I watched one when he went he went from talking about the pandemic to something about um, a government bill and infrastructure. And I'm like, what the devil? And then I think I watched one where um, one of the, the medical advisors was looking a little baffled at, about what he was saying because it's mm -hmm. like this. It looks like like we talked before we got on the air. Yeah, but the then he's saying about? something different. Yes. Right. <laughs> so like, um, so this I, is what I, we rehearse, but <laughs> on the live show you going rogue. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I watched two, and mm -hmm. and the two I watched, I was yelling at I was yelling at the television because it just, just didn't make any sense. So I watched the prime minister from New York. I watched um, Governor Cuomo from New York, um, the prime minister from Canada. I watched Gov Governor Cuomo from mm -hmm. New York. Um, I watched theirs because I had a sense of what was going on, but I and also had a sense of concern. Yes, and um, like they were trying to wrap their arms around it. Right, right. So I, but yeah, it was piss poor. It's piss poorly handled. I'm amazed that people would think that that he he did a good job. I am baffled. Yeah, baffled. And 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 once again, you talk about perception and looking two people looking at the same situation and seeing right. totally different. Totally different. Yeah, totally different. I, I I just don't understand. Nope. But yeah. So so please once again get vaccinated if you haven't done so. Um, please do so. People are still dying from it. People mm -hmm. are suffering from long COVID. Um, it's been in my family twice. I am not trying to get COVID. Somebody has said, nope. oh, everybody's going to get us. Like, I'm not. Nope. Mm -mm. I'm not. I'm not, not. Neither of my sisters have, none of, I don't, um, not, not, I am the only one in my family and of my siblings that's had it. My, all three of my sisters and no, my brother. Really? Okay. I've gotten it. Mm -mm. I, I yes. don't mind. Two, and they did. And they intend to keep it that way. My sisters are not messing around. They don't go, no, they don't do, they go to work. They go to the grocery store. They don't do hardly anything. And when they are out, they um, double mask and stay away from people. Like looking at people like they li literally are um, zombies or whatever. Like I stay away from them. Yeah. You got a disease and I'm not catching yes, it. And I'm not catching it. You are not killing me. You're not killing me yet. And I, I, I don't even know. It'll be interesting to see when I'm going to feel comfortable not wearing, I'm so, I don't have a problem putting my mask on. No, I don't either. I don't either. And you know, but you know what? I am in 
um, spaces where no one's wearing masks. They're not I mean, wearing them. They're I not just... wearing them anymore. Like, at, at, you know, at my job, we, we have to wear them inside and, and everybody's pretty good about doing that, but okay. not outside of work, like in grocery store. I mean, really, I go and I walk in and sometimes I was like, okay, did they make the announcement? And I, and I didn't, and I missed it. Because... It's going to be interesting next year because I, I don't see um, the schools requiring the masks. Nope. They're not, there's, some of them are taking them down now. So yeah. to, or taking the masks or saying, you know, if you want your child to wear masks, then they're, you're welcome to do that. But we're not saying that that's, that's a thing. So I don't know. I guess because the, the numbers are in Angie I know people are tired. I am tired too, girl. I am so sick of this pandemic. I'm so sick of not being able to put my lipstick on. <laughs> Your red lipstick. My red lipstick. I'm so, so tired of it. And I, you know, so I get that. I know we're tired. I know we're worn, but you know, it's, it's still, it's still dangerous. I think, you know, people still getting sick and even we're vaccinated and boosted. So if we were, if I were to get it again, I, you know, and believing that the vaccination and the boosting will keep me from being written your little number of statistics right there. Yeah. And, and, it, and it actually, it will. It will, it will definitely keep you from being in, in the statistics, but there are people who still, you know, are, are vaccinated. There's, you know, they may still be hospitalized. It, you know, mm-hmm. such, it's such a crapshoot, you know, it, it is, it is, such it, a is. it is. And some people that, you know, cause there's no rhyme or reason to it. Some people yeah. who had, who died had no health issues, yeah. none whatsoever. Yeah. And they got sick and died. And then people who had health issues, you say, oh my goodness, um, Lucy Lou is, a, or not Lucy Lou, Lucy May is a goner. Yeah, you know, she got diabetes. She already got asthma, whatever, right. and they come through fine. It is. I'm not sure. You know, some at one time we had talked about. Some people said it was like a a blood type thing, but I don't know if any studies been done on it. Yeah. Like if your blood type is O or whatever, then if you were to get, you know, the, those those O type O blood type people are um have less severe um symptoms or 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 less, you know. Um, bad outcomes if they catch are they less likely to, i think someone said they're even i don't know i don't want, i don't want to tell no lie I, no me either because we did not we didn't run no study no but, we didn't run no study but there was something but there was something with with the blood type yeah but once again you can have long-term effects mm-hmm. um, yes and there are people that have like scar tissue on their lungs still yeah. having a hard time breathing and yeah. and stuff it's crazy i so, don't know and those people themselves, like, why aren't they like on the rooftops? You know, I don't know why they haven't gotten a coalition going around from place to place saying, look, look at us, let us be the cautionary tale. Right. Go ahead and get the vaccine. So, which is why I want to share those numbers. So people don't be fooled and think that the pandemic is over and all is right and all is well. It is not. It is not. not. So people are still dying. I know they may not be showing it on your news, but if you go to your local health department, you can see in South Carolina, in Columbia, in South Carolina, between mm-hmm. December and January, there were 300 deaths. Yes. 300 people died. 300, 300 people that are no longer with us. Right. 300 families have lost a family member um, between December and January. Now, was it on the news? No. Mm-mm. Did it happen? Yes. So, um, so once again, I think the CDC should give us a little stipend because we're... <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Thank you. You are welcome. And we'll continue to do that. All right. Mm-hmm. So now we're going to go down to our Black History Fact 
fact. Are yeah, you black history. Segment? Well, it's a black history fact-ish. <laughs> so I came across this um, George Crumb, who is the alleged inventor of the potato chip. And this is how it happened. George Crumb, born George Speck in 1824 in Sarasota Springs, New York. He was a chef. He worked in the um, world-renowned Moons Lake House in Saratoga, Saratoga Springs. And that was a place where wealthy people would go eat. And um, he was making potatoes for Commodore Cornelius Vanderbilt. Um, and the, he kept sending the potatoes back saying that they were too thick. And so George got an attitude and said, well, I'm going to fix his butt. He sliced them real thin, 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 and fried them up. And he loved it. <laughs> and so they called them, they were called the um, Saratoga chips. Oh. Yeah. But then, you know, they said that's, that's the legend that, um, George Speck did it. And the reason that um, they called him um, Speck, I mean, Crumb, is because the Commodore couldn't bother to remember his name. So he called him Crumb. Really? I don't even know where he, yes. So that's how he got to be George Crumb. That wasn't his, that wasn't his government name. It was Speck. Wow. But the Commodore didn't, you know, he could never get the name right. And so he was like, okay, I'll be George Crumb. Wow. The other um, legend says that it was his sister who, who actually did the thin slices. Mm -hmm. um, and he, um, Crumb, him, Crumb never said that, he never said that he did it, but he never said that he didn't do it. You know, he was like, whatever, if that's, but he was um, very fa famous or very um, famous um, sure. chef in Saratoga um new york wow. mm -hmm. yep yeah. he, eventually they opened their own little restaurant he and his sister oh yep they did cookbooks um yep they called I, moon's lake house wow you know i didn't know that until what was the what was the food the food documentary that they had on netflix about um lord i can't think of the name and i watched it but i didn't realize the number of prominent black chefs i mean these yeah. these um many of the the plantation households yes. had yes yeah these really great chefs that were yes. cooking the meals um mm -hmm. i think i think Mar i think martha washington was trying to pass it off like she was doing that but she yeah, yeah. but they know you know them people they knew better i yeah. think people knew better oh but they said that um in the 1920s uh salesmen came through named herman lay ah uh. And he um, got that he loved, he fell in love with them chips and somehow got, I don't know if he got legally got, you know, I don't know if it was patented, patented or what, but um, Lay's chips, which are my absolute thing, classic Lay's. Yeah. Yeah. He saw a good thing and he said, you know what? I can, I can profit. I can profit off of this. I said he stole it. He did. Yeah, I said it. Yeah. Cause it doesn't say, I don't, I haven't read anything that said that it was, you know, patented or that they gave it to him he probably just said well, you know he took oh, it and he didn't get thinly it. sliced potato i could do this and throw it in some grease put some salt on it this right. is delish yeah he, he did he, he stole it i said it there we go <laughs> now all right so okay what's our black business our black business is um once again we're we're in columbia south carolina it, it is the sweet shop um yes and so 
uh, once we will have the information on the website, but it's recently opened and opened in the fall of 2021. And it was um, the owner um, tells a story. She was on the news recently um, sharing her story, but had worked during the pandemic. And then she, Tracy, am I correct? Did she decide that she just really didn't want to continue her job? Yeah. And, and you know, yes. she was been, happiest when she was baking. And had been doing it from home for, I, I gathered a number of years and decided mm -hmm. to take that grand leap. Um, and now I haven't had their stuff yet. I haven't had their cookies yet. Um, or whatever she sells, there's cookies and cakes that she sells, um, but they're beautiful. They're absolutely they gorgeous. Are. Like you don't really want to eat them. They're so pretty. They're so pretty. Yes. So well, I, I will I, be, I will, you know, having all the places that we've had on here, I haven't gone to, but I promise you, I will be able to give you um, <laughs> criteria on the next one. Cause I'm, I got my $10 and I'm going to see how much it's going to buy me. <laughs> so yeah, my plan is to go there tomorrow, but we'll have, we'll have their, um, their link on our the website on our page. Uh, I'm certain that if you order online, she will be more than happy to box it up and send it to you. She does customized yes. cookies as well. Mm -hmm. um, I was looking at her page thinking, I just need an event so I can order some cookies because they're just <laughs> yes, so yeah. Yeah. I need to order some cookies. I said, just go get you some, just go in and get some. You know, I, I, I want my special with my name on it or something. <laughs> now she does have, I will say that she does have a little cookie with a little black woman on there. I was like, ah. Yes. yes. I, so said, I just need my black girl to have me? <laughs> um, But yeah, so really excited for her. I'm just mm -hmm. really thrilled, you know, um, as a as a, a black female entrepreneur, a business yes. owner, you know, wishing her much success. But yeah, we're definitely going to go yes. there. So um, make yes, sure we will definitely do our part to make sure she is successful. Yes, yes. <laughs> my, what did I tell you? My husband will. My husband will will um, keep an economy going. Yes, so. he will. He sure will. <laughs> you just need to get put that little bug in his head. Give him some of that product. He'll be right there. But you'll hear. Yeah. You'll he hear is better than week. paid advertisement. <laughs> you'll hear next week. We will definitely share. Um, our thoughts, which will be great. We just know yeah. they are. We're going to go ahead and call it. They're going to be absolutely great. Um, but that's our Black Business for this time around. Just mm -hmm. a reminder, um, Black and Missing, um, if, you have, if you're not following them, please follow them. Please donate to them. Um, you know, funds are always needed. Um, they, people are missing on a daily basis. And so continue to support that. I just want to throw that plug in for them as well. And finally, what are our words of inspiration? And Tracy, you always find the best quotes. I know you know it. You say that and it makes it, every week. I'm every time I do this, I was like, I'm so nervous because you know, Jimmy's just puts. I'm just feel like, ah, what if I don't live up to our expectations? But this is what I have for today. I am no longer accepting the things I cannot change. I am changing the things I cannot accept. That's Angela Davis. Girl, that's good. I love that one. Yes, I did. I am no longer accepting the things I cannot change. I am changing the things I cannot accept. And with that, we bid you good night until next time.